0: Today is what's been declared the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, and while some of our prayer is going to focus on those who've been, kind, con- you know, enduring persecution, uh, hardship, difficulty. Persecution takes many forms, even things just restrictions, lack of freedom. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, you know, a church, for example, that. Uh, you know, the, the the government may say, oh, churches have freedom, but you'll never get a permit to build your building. Those kinds of things that, you know, it's it's pressed on you. Um, and then, of course, the bigger persecution people face is social persecution, persecution, ostracization, like being rejected by friends and family. And so we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6 today as we talk about the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And we'll finish with a little time to pray together. I shared in the e-blast with you this week that according to the 2021 World Watch List annually reported by Open Doors, that more than 300 million Christians live in places of very high or extreme levels of persecution. That's one out of every eight Christians. Every day on average, 13 Christians are killed because of their faith. 12 church buildings or Christian structures are Are attacked. In Nigeria alone, in the first four months of this year, 2021, 1,470 Christians were murdered and over 2,200 were abducted by jihadists. That's just in the first third of this year. It should not surprise us. Jesus warned us that we would experience hardship, trouble, persecution, hatred because we're associated with Him, but from The very beginning Christians endured persecution. We've been talking about it through our Good News Now series in Luke and Acts. And yet, so often what we hear from these believers today, they're responding as those first believers did. Acts 5, chapter chapter 5, verse 41 says, they were rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace in the name of Jesus. Rejoicing for being counted worthy to suffer What a concept. I've shared with you that um, last month, Becky and I, uh, on our vacation, um, we worshiped with a large group of believers. Um, We were in a restricted nation overseas, and their worship was so joyful. I mean, loud singing, uh, smiles, tears, dancing. Right? It was just amazing to us. We were kind of overwhelmed by the experience and many of those believers have been rejected by their family for following Jesus, rejected by their spouses, by their community, just because they've decided to follow Jesus. And yet instead of grieving, instead of gathering and talking about, you know, their woes and how terrible it is, they were rejoicing. Uh, Becky, commented to one of the women about their freedom in worship and she just responded by saying, well, we're like this because we don't take it for granted. Ouch. I do. I take it very much for granted. It's easy for us to live life just on the surface, like just living by what we see and feel and experience and smell and taste on a day-to-day basis. I think about it this way, for example, it's like your social media. You know how... You know, you, you you think your social media is just about connecting with friends and staying in touch. And then no sooner did you comment on your friend's new patio furniture and all of a sudden all these ads for patio furniture are popping up on your feed. You're like, wait, what? Or you said something to your spouse in the car and then your iPhone says something about what you just talked about. You think, what? Right. You think there's this unseen force watching and listening? Yeah, there is. And Google and Facebook and Twitter and the rest, they're not the devil, right? But they do remind us of a much bigger reality. And if you're taking notes today, it might be worth writing this down. There's more to life than meets the eye. There's more to life than meets the eye. There's something invisible that, that's happening all the time that you and I don't see with our eye. There's more to life than meets the eye. And to take you there, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6 beginning at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, deep into the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul writing. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10, Paul writes this, a final word. He's closing the letter that he's written. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Paul says, ask God to give me the right word so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Paul's writing from a prison cell. There's more to life than meets the eye. Paul says evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Mighty powers in this dark world. Evil spirits in the heavenly places or in the, the unseen realms. The ESV translates it a little more bluntly. Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness. Spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Some of you might remember reading a book came out. Believe it or not, this is 35 years ago. There was a book that came, uh, kind of hit the Christian market pretty, pretty successfully, called "This Present Darkness." Anybody ever remember reading that book? Yeah, 1986. In case you wanted to feel old this morning, I, I was a very young child when I read that book. <laughs> Frank Peretti wrote a kind of a series of books. Um, Still a great read. I think we have it in our church library. If you want to sign it out, and read it. And for many people that read that book or those series of books, it was the first time they would considered even there there might be a spiritual realm, like another level of things operating beyond our physical experience. So Frank Peretti in this fictional novel exposed us to the rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, and spiritual forces of evil. But these forces are not just a silly nuisance, not something funny for, you know, Halloween movies and and stuff like that. The forces of darkness are on a mission to steal the glory of God, right? And nothing assaults the glory of God like attacking the people of God because every believer, you included, every believer is a precious treasure purchased by the blood of Jesus right? That precious gift. And what does the enemy want to do? Wants to steal that away, wants to destroy that. So your salvation is a visible manifestation of the invisible power of God and of his matchless glory. And so the enemy wants to assault you, assault your life, assault what God's accomplished in you and tear that down. He's stealing away the glory of God. And the enemy isn't just annoyed or frustrated or offended that you've been rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's out to destroy the work of Jesus. That's his goal. That's his plan. That's his work. The devil isn't a malevolent little demon running around with, you know, horns and a and a tail and a pitchfork and ha ha isn't that cute? No, that's not that's not the devil. He's the prince of darkness. He's the God of this age, as as Paul writes to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4. He has schemes and strategies to take you out. He's actually thought this through. How am I going to destroy this person? How am I going to destroy this marriage? How am I going to destroy your testimony, your witness? How am I going to take you down so that the glory of God is assaulted? And that's why... the. Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all strategies of the devil. Verses 10 and 11 there of Ephesians 6. And you need to understand about the Ephesian church. You can read about it in Acts chapter 19. The Ephesians church is an amazing place. The Apostle Paul comes to Ephesus. I don't know, how many of you have been to Ephesus. One, one of the best kind of preserved um, ancient sites today. If you ever travel in the Mediterranean, it's worth getting there. And, and Paul gets to Ephesus and it's the longest stretch of time that he spends ministering anywhere. Three years. Begins in the synagogue as he always does. He's rejected there and he rents a, a public building, a lecture hall. Uh, and he begins be like the community center of today. And he just begins daily lectures there telling people about the good news. And people are responding. They come to the gospel. They come to the Lord. We're told that Paul did miracles that were extraordinary, out of the ordinary miracles. We're not told what they were, but like dramatic things that are happening. And people are responding to the gospel, which is great. But it's not until there's this crazy power encounter where a demon-possessed guy, uh, there's these these Jewish guys who try to cast the demons out of this this demon-possessed guy, and it does not go well. You can read Acts 19 to get the whole story. It's kind of embarrassing for them. And it's in that moment that uh, people are sh- kind of shaken, awake. And it says those people, the ones who were already believers, came and had a massive bonfire of their, their occult uh, materials, their magic books, you know, today's equivalent would be like tarot cards, Ouija boards, uh, you know, horoscopes. And they just brought all that and they burned all that stuff. It said, would in today's dollars, would be millions of dollars worth that were destroyed. And what happened? It was in that moment that the gospel, it says, then the gospel spread broadly and widely. Something had to break in the spiritual realm. For the gospel really to go forward with effectiveness. So that Ephesian church, the ones that Paul's writing to, they remember that experience. They were there. They were practicing those very things. So they know exactly what he's talking about. So there's more to life than meets the eye. And I want you to be aware of that. Our focus today, as we're going to wrap, is, is to remember to pray for persecuted believers. But it begins by being equipped ourselves, spiritually equipped ourselves with what Paul calls the armor of God. We equip ourselves with the armor of God. It may be helpful um, to physically uh enact. Some people do that and they like kind of go through the mental process of putting on the different pieces of the armor, but really it's more a pattern of daily living. It's how you conduct your life It's the habits of living with integrity and knowing and speaking the truth and being ready to share the gospel and practicing faith in doubtful circumstances and, and all those things. And so, and of course, picking up and reading God's word, the Bible, making that part of your, your consistent habit and consistent practice. This passage reminds us that we are in a spiritual battle. No soldier goes into battle without equipment. Right? The enemy of your soul, the devil is prowling around to ambush you. He hurls accusations at you that you're not worthy, that you're not really saved, that you'll never be free, that you're, you know, you're a failure and constantly reminds you of the mistakes that you've made. Oh, and the devil plays dirty too. He tempts you into sin and then when you fall, he condemns you for falling to the very thing he, he said was going to be so great. He's nasty. He is nasty. He plays so dirty. You need to be prepared with the full armor of God. But not only does the enemy accuse and condemn you, he accuses you to your face. He accuses you before the Father. Somehow, it's one of the mysteries of the Bible, that somehow the enemy has an audience with God. And he accuses you. Listen to this battle scene from Revelation chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan the one deceiving the whole world. And friends, he is a deceiver at work. There is so much deception in the world right now. Right? He was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. And then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. This is a kind of... Wicked thing of the devil. He stands before God and he says, Oh, that John, he's terrible. He's, he's no good. Oh, that Randy, he's just, you can't trust him. Oh, that Pam, she's, she's useless. She sinned. She, and he just act, accuses you before the Father day, day and night. But listen to verse 11. And they have defeated him, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. They would rather die than somehow defend their own name. The devil is enraged with defeat. Verse 17 then says that he declared war against all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So if your desire is to follow Jesus faithfully, the bad news is the devil has declared war against you i don 't know if you wanted to hear that today, so you need to put on the full armor so that you are equipped and ready.'ve got a little picture here, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness the what's called the feet of peace or the shoes of the gospel, the readiness to to share the gospel of peace, the shield of faith the shield of faith stops and extinguishes the darts and the arrows the Sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation. All those things that God's designed. There's really cool references to this back in the book of Isaiah. Paul mentions it elsewhere. It's not a new kind of concept for them. But you got to put it all on. And then when we are equipped, we are then in a position to help others. And we're writing it this way. We equip besieged believers through prayer. We equip besieged believers through prayer. We support, you could say, or we help besieged believers through prayer. Hebrews 13.3 says it this way. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your bodies. I have to confess, that's so convicting for me um, because my prayers are selfish by default. Right? I pray for safety and blessing and, you know, for God to be with us and we're literally called into battle on behalf of our suffering brothers and sisters. Verse 18, we just read, says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So this is the landing point for today. Praying for all believers everywhere. How do you actually do that? I mean, you don't even know these people, and you've never been to these places. Like, how do you actually pray? I would I would say this first of all: make yourself aware of what's happening. Let yourself kind of develop some awareness of what's happening in the world. This morning, you should have received um, this magazine, and there, there. Are, I think we probably still have more. If you didn't get one, it's um it's from Voice of the Martyrs. It's sort of their kind of promo issue. And just have a look through there. I think it was produced last year, but still it's great, great content just to help you understand. And you can either get it by email or in print every, every month and just be kind of reminded of what's going on in the world. Telling real stories of real believers of people who are paying the price of faith in their communities. They've got a great podcast. I listen to their podcasts. I use Podbean. That's my podcaster. And it's just called VOM radio. And just hear real people telling real stories of what it means to follow Jesus in these places. So, get yourself some awareness. Secondly, you could use an app, and uh, there's a number of them. Here's two options. One is um, the open, de- open Doors one. Um, I think it's called um, um, Pray for the Persecuted, and uh, the other one's Voice of the Martyrs Pray Today app. Uh, I, I'll confess, I kind of I used to use the VOM one, and I kind of forgotten about it until I was prepping for today. And and I couldn't get the Open Doors one to load on my phone. I don't know, it's probably my Android thing, but whatever. Um, But it's easy. They'll give you like a simple, like a country and a simple prayer request for that day. And then you can click, I prayed. And then it shows how many people prayed that day. And so like, you feel like you're praying with others. It's awesome. That's really, really good. A third way you can do this is keep in touch with a missionary. If you know any missionaries in your life, just reach out to them. It's so easy to communicate with people nowadays. You can just you can email them, you can text them, you can use Signal, Telegram, Facebook Messengers, WhatsApp, Viber, Snapchat. Um, did I miss any? Yeah, just find a way to contact a missionary. Just say, hey, just wondering how things are going. Praying for you today. Hope hope you're good. Thanks so much for, for your faithfulness in the work. It gets really lonely out there sometimes. And uh, just just check in with with the missionary. That will help keep your global perspective up. And then as we close today, we're actually going to pray. And uh, to do that, I'm going to invite you to turn to the insert in your program this morning. Looks like this. Hope you brought your glasses, your readers, the print's small, you'll need them. And I'm just going to lead us just in a little bit of time of, of prayer. Um, Christy, I think we probably won't do the closing song, but worship night 6 o'clock tonight. So you can add it to tonight's worship time. And we're gonna, I'm just gonna take us, have us take a moment. And, and some of you, I, I know some of you have grown up in countries where this is real. Like this is not theory. Some of you know exactly what it's like to see people who suffer for the sake of naming the name of Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, uh, if you want To meet some of those people, I will. you ask me and I will get you connected. I will help you meet them. So, the challenge here is to pray. Some of the prayer items here are pray for the small community of Christians who remain in Afghanistan after the Taliban's takeover. Pray for Christians in Egypt, Iraq, Syria, to have the courage and wisdom to be bold for Jesus. Pray for Christians in North Korea, Somalia, Eritrea, in Iran. People imprisoned and held captive for their faith. Pray for young Christian girls who face the threat of abduction. Um, that's happening so much in Nigeria. It just does not hit the news. But Christian girls are, are abducted and, and, and forced into marriages. Pray for persecuted Christians who have been displaced from their homes by extremist attacks. Pray for the pastors and Christian leaders of the persecuted church. I got a text message just this morning from a guy in, in uh, Uzbekistan. He said, hey, Pastor Brian, I, you know, enjoyed meeting you. Uh, please pray for us. You know, um, we've got friends that are pastoring churches that I said, like, I don't see a whole lot happening with children's ministry here. And like, it's illegal for us to share the gospel with any under, anyone under 18. We'll get shut down if we have a Sunday school for children. We equip the parents to teach them at home. And yet I got another message I had an email from a church in, I think it was Uzbekistan, running a Sunday school illegally for children under 18 because they know children need to hear the gospel. I don't know if you know what's happening. Like children are, are coming to Christ here in Bethany Church and other places and they need the gospel. And I, I don't know, would you be willing to kid, teach in kids' church if you knew you could go to jail for it? Like, I don't know. We have a hard time getting people to teach kids church, period. (laughs) So I'm just going to lead you through a a quiet time prayer. Let's just in your own seat, in your own way, just look through that list and I'll begin. And we're just going to take some quiet moments and I'll direct us. God, we want to just begin by thanking you for the gospel. We want to thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you that salvation is made possible to every person, regardless of language, ethnicity, location. We praise you for that. So church, just begin by thanking the Lord for salvation. Thank the Lord for saving you and making the gospel known to you. Now we're going to begin to pray for uh, pastors and leaders of churches. We're praying for their strength, for wisdom, for protection over them. And it's okay as we pray for you just to pray kind of out loud a little bit. It's a nice to have a little murmur of prayer. It'll encourage each other. So we're praying for those. pray for, boldness. Pray for their families. Now we're going to pray for those who are imprisoned or those who have been attacked and are suffering physically. Pray that they will experience the the nearness of Jesus right where they are today. Pray that there'll be a bold witness, as the Apostle Paul prayed, pray that there'll be a bold witness to their captors and the, their fellow prisoners. Let's pray for Christians and churches in restricted places where they just, they aren't allowed to have Sunday schools and things like that. Pray that they will be bold and courageous and protected from the authorities in those places. And lastly, let's take a moment to pray for the persecutors. Those that don't know Jesus yet. The ones who are like the Apostle Paul who persecuted the church and then dramatically came to the Lord himself. Pray for those who are doing the persecuting that they will encounter the love of Jesus and it will change their lives. jesus you are still at work in our world you're alive and well lord i love the stories that we hear of people encountering you and dreams and visions or we love the stories of people who boldly proclaim the good news even when it's dangerous even when it's hard and when it's difficult and lord we don't want to take our freedoms for granted lord we've maybe had little tastes of some restrictions in the last two years and Lord, I know it's nothing compared to what they face, but maybe we've been reminded about what may come for us. And so, Lord, as our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world always ask, first of all, they always ask for prayer. God, we want to be people who pray for them. Jesus, that they would um, experience your strength, your provision, your care, courage, Lord, And Lord, I pray that as they are faithful, that their witness has a, bears a lot of fruit, that people would respond to the gospel. And Lord, that those who have rejected you or those who even have been hostile toward family members would instead humble themselves, repent of their sin, and follow you. Lord, I really believe you're preparing us for the final day when you will appear. And God, you're purifying your church. And Lord, remind us that we defeat, we can actually defeat the work of the enemy. We can actually defeat the accuser. God, this is amazing. Here in the physical realm, we can defeat in the spiritual realm the work of the enemy by our testimony added to the blood of the Lamb. God, make us... Courageous, God, I pray that you create such a holy discontent with the things that we find so satisfying around us. Lord, I thank you for the many blessings we enjoy and the many comforts we enjoy. But God, I pray that you would stir in us such a holy dissatisfaction with those things so that our true satisfaction would be in you and you alone. We love you, Lord but how great and awesome it is that you love us. Thank you for your presence in this place. Remind us, Lord, to be people who will not forget to pray for those in chains. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchPresno.com.